Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Good morning, viewers. It's another edition of Inside Nigeria for Thursday morning, October 28, 2021. Of course, my name is Body Badibo, and I'm not alone. I have with my regular co-anchor, Unifred. Good morning. Good morning, today. Good to have you on Saturday. Yes. And uh, for our viewers, good morning. Welcome to Inside Nigeria. And of course, our viewers can see that our regular Wednesday guest is appearing on the Thursday show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jide Ojo, an Abuja based public affairs analyst and TV host. Good morning, Jide. It's a pleasure, buddy. Yes. It's nice having you on a Thursday like this. And it's also interesting to announce to both of you that today is the eve of my birthday. Mm, happy birthday, happy birthday. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're going to have a ball tomorrow. I hope so. I hope so. I must, I must get my invite. Okay, yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, the learning committee <laughs> is at work. Viewers, as usual, we started with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, the leadership. On the front page of leadership this morning, 2022 budgets, defense, Senate rules, Senate rejects 287 billion loan requests for water projects. 2022 budget defense senate rejects 287 billion naira loan request for water projects summon minister says no visible results for previous loans approves 1000 daily 1000 naira daily feeding for prisoners gd 287 billion naira it's about 700 million dollars mm. loan request rejected yesterday by the senate committee foreign and local laws put forward by the Ministry of Water Resources. You know, the, there is a, I think it's a poem, water, water everywhere, but <laughs> none to drink. <laughs> Too bad. Um, we have River Niger, we have River Benme, River Kaduna, River, River Oshun and all of that. But yes, we, we still spend billions um, on water. Desirably so, there's nothing wrong because you can't go fetch water from the river and drink directly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there are waterborne diseases that you might be liable to, like typhoid, like um, river blindness and all of that. So, what government is doing with bulk office, and we have a ministry, a separate ministry for water resources, mm -hmm. uh, which is in this water resource used to be under Ministry of Agriculture and Water Resources. Yes. But now we decided to find job for the boys. So water resources, uh, there we have dams, we have uh, irrigation, we mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, uh, water projects, fibers, river basins authority. And, and it's huge. But I like what the senators say. They summoned the minister for no visible result for previous loans. So if you have been borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, and you cannot see the effect of previous borrowing, how many dams have been constructed or rehabilitated? How many more Nigerians have portable water? Do you know, in this FCT Abuja, where we are, in my community, we still buy water. We rely on borehole. So Abuja should have even been a modest city. There should be no community in Abuja without access to portable water. Unfortunately, 
is only the eyebrow area that have water. Many more families, many more landlords have to dig bowls for their tenants to consume. And that is why now Nigerians are paying through their nose despite having a Minister of Water Resources. Did you know that a subject of uh, what we call pure water now is 20 naira? Yes. This is what we used to buy for 5 naira. Now it's 20 naira is subject. And this is rainy season. Mm. Just imagine when we hit December during the peak of Ramadan, you know people get thirsty more. Yes. And you might see situations where, you know, a subject of pure water may actually be sold for 30 or 50 naira. And this is why I like what the National Assembly is going to say. We have not seen results from previous loans. Show, come and show us evidence that the previous loans that have been approved have yielded positive results because a lot of corruption uh, still runs our borrowing. Uh, like I've written in my column, I'm not against, I'm not averse to borrowing, but borrowing for what? Is there value for money? Are we able to track effectively the implementation of the project for which we are borrowing? So that at the end of the day, uh, this borrowing actually delivered on improved, uh, there is what's called improved service delivery. And that we cannot say. I like the second rider, which is on what I wrote in my column in the point yesterday about the you know, situation that leads to jailbreak. And I did say, among other things in that article, that look, poor feeding and sanitary condition of prison actually lead to restiveness, which has led to prison riot and escape of some of the inmates. You can just imagine. I read that even Itato, what is spent to feed the prisoner it's less than 700 naira and because it's maybe 500 naira because what the uh, correctional services themselves are asking for a senate approval for is some 50 naira to, to increase how much you spend to feed the inmate for it's 750 naira so it is the magnanimity of the senators that they even say even you <laughs> controller general can you feed uh, 250 naira per meal per, per meal so we are supposed to have three meals in a day no wonder people tell us that uh, when there is watery beans they said am i a prisoner why are you serving this watery beans <laughs> so even with 1000 i know you unless you go to this uh what we call um my friend used to call them cholera joints when you go to this mama put roadside and uh, this is very dirty environment that's where you may get uh maybe food for a plate of rice or a plate of any meat for 500 naira mm. so even with 1000 mm. which comes to about 300 naira yes, per meal yeah. uh, 350 300 naira per meal i'm not sure that you have any decent meat for in me but well, I hope that serves as a disincentive for people to go into crime so that they don't face that kind of service. Before we go, I want to take you back again on this uh, borrowing by uh, ministries. Yesterday, we also saw that the Senate also turned down a health ministry's request to for $200 million 
Mosquito no, net. To purchase mosquito net. You know, it's coming at a time uh, why I'm worried uh, is the address that now we have a malaria vaccine in the market mm -hmm. and this ministry is saying they want to go and borrow loan to buy mosquito net. And last during um, Professor, late Professor Babatu De Ostrotimei's tenure as minister, the donor agencies actually gave the federal government 63 million mosquito nets, which eventually found themselves to the market. In the COVID 19 palliatives. No, COVID 19 palliatives. You didn't see the one for Benue being sold in the Kano market. You know, this is what we are talking about corruption. It's not just about stealing money or, you know, taking money out. Even when you sell what is meant to be given out free, it's corrupt practice. I think that is also getting our priorities right. Right. For example, the two hundred million dollars. Maybe one over four of that money is what we need to give to researchers. Exactly. <laughs> you you know it bleeds my heart right. that we are spending so much in procuring mosquito net that are eventually sold <laughs> sold to people when it's supposed to. I, mean, I think it's on this program we reviewed the issue of free metro. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, by this government yes. paid for free metering. Yeah, uh, no, it's leadership that broke that Money, story. Yeah. That did that story. That people, people still paid yeah. for meters that are supposed to be given to you free. Exactly. The same thing will happen to this mosquito net. <laughs> they will say they have procured 200 million mosquito net, but when you ask them how many are the beneficiaries, can we have the names and number? They will come up with fictitious names. I mean, so they are not buying, taking the loan to buy high-tech equipment. Exactly. Like, mosquito uh, nets. Why shouldn't, shouldn't people be allowed to go and purchase their own mosquito nets? Yes. And spend that money to do research to, to, or to procure even vaccine for Nigerians. Yes. Because once we are vaccinated, and of course, there is no, there is no concern that for over 40 years, Nigeria has been trying to roll back malaria without success. So even now that we have been told that there is a vaccine, that kind of money, you can use it to procure and get children below five years, from five years down, free vaccination. And the adult can pay a token for vaccination because there are some of us that are prone to malaria, particularly depending on your genotype. Yes. So, so I think we are getting our priorities wrong oh. and that's why this is the kind of thing we expect national assembly to do it's not just turning themselves to rubber stamp that anything the executive brings uh is in public interest that they must approve it that's why people have been interrogating all these loans trillions that we have collected in loan what can we see that have been achieved with those loans exactly that's a very very jamming yes. we need to move away from that to the front page of our system publication, the National Economy. The National Economy today says absence of intermodal transport plan threatens proposed deep sea ports. Absence of intermodal transport plan threatens proposed deep sea ports. As Nigerian banks on Lekki, Badagui, Ibom, others deep sea ports. Nigeria there are plans to establish economy. deep sea ports in some locations, but from the report by our correspondent in Lagos is that the absence of intermodal transport system is actually threatening this uh, project. And before we hear from you, the writer of the story is waiting for us from Nigeria's commercial capital of Lagos to actually share more light, share more light 
on this story. Good morning, Yusuf Nabalola. Yes, good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How is Lagos this morning? Yeah, Lagos is you know, normal hostel and bus We are. I'm also on the road going to the office. Yeah. All right. Tell our viewers the story about absence of intermodal transport system and as it threatens the proposed deep seaports across the country. Where are we and where are we supposed to be? Sincerely, we we are nowhere. We are nowhere. Because um, Nigeria, you know, typical Nigerian situation, we put the cart before the horse. These are the things we are supposed to have done. You can't be building a deep sea port and at the same time not linking it, not even providing intermodal evacuation for the deep sea port. What we are relying on is solely routes. The Badagui Road has been on construction for the past um, five, six years now. The Lekki Road is a very tiny road. On the Lekki stretch, we have um, a Lekki deep sea port. We have Dangote refinery. We also have uh, an industrial city in that in in that axis. So, and Lekki deep sea port is a port that has um, 13.5 meters draft, draft. And what does this mean? This means bigger vessels will be calling at the deep sea port. This one, these vessels that are called will be will be two times what calls at Apapa port. Now, with Apapa port, smaller vessels are calling. With some level of intermodalism, we are having the, the crisis. Now, if two times the size of a ship that call at Apapa port are now calling at deep at Enleki, calling in Padagre, calls at Ibom deep sea port. I don't know. The implication is better imagined. How do I mean? 13.5 meter deep. Then means bigger vessels, the orb that we, we have in. Okay, it's like uh, you see the network is being uh, frozen. Or we'll come back to him. Jude, can see what is on the front page of National Economy. <laughs> we have planned to establish depots. Yeah, in fact, the, the, the project have already Clamoring started. For Okay. Okay, Yusuf, we need to come back to you when we can be sure that the network is uh, okay. So there are plans and they are ongoing. Ibom Deep Seaport, the one in Lekki and Badagi, and we rely solely on road. No railway arrangement to these places to evacuate goods. So, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? We are talking about uh, wrong priorities, like you <laughs> super proudly said. Uh, we put the cats before the horse. You know, you you you. It's even uh, look at how long that uh, a papa Tinkarala seaport have been in existence before this administration is now thinking of linking it with rail line, and that is still under construction, and that's what has led to the collapse of a papa highway. That all the people who have houses there, some of them have moved out, rented out places out to, to live in other part of Lagos. Because you can be in that traffic for a whole day without, if you think that, you know, there is no movement, 
uh, maybe there is a lockdown. Because trailers moving, they cannot come out. Those who want to go in cannot go in. We didn't think of auxiliary services to those seats, but even as we constructed them in the 70s. Now, this is 2021. I don't know if this administration will complete the uh, the, the rail line linkage to Apapa Port before it uh, leaves uh, power in in uh, May, May, June or June, June 12 of uh, 20, 2023. Now, Ibo, nobody, there is even no rail facility in Ibo, in Aqua Ibo. Yes. Uh, Lekki, there is no rail facility there. There is no airport there. There was even a time they were thinking of having another airport on Lagos Island to decongest the mainland. Do you understand? Which will have been reasonable so that you can ferry, you know, you can ferry and you can uh, use cargo plane to lift to the interland. Although that will have increased the cost of haulage, but at least it will it will help not to yes. shut down the lucky axis because the wealthy people who lives on where lucky axis will resist everything humanly possible to have this and that's where you also have a lagos a free trade zone you understand that's where they are also having a lagos mega city that's where the banana island uh, where a, a plot of land cost almost one atlantic they call atlantic city that's what i mean by a Lagos city. That's it's all. All of them are on the island. Now, Papa used to be an eyebrow area of Lagos, where the elite, the middle and upper income class, were living in the sixties and seventies. But with increasing um, port activity, that that those places are no longer livable because of the traffic, traffic congestion. <laughs> now, they would do by the time. Uh, Dangote refinery come on stream in first or second quarter of 2022. Nobody living on uh, Lekki and Jar Expressway will, will find it easy because look at the volume of haulage that will be taking place <laughs> on the route because that's where people will now be moving to to go and take uh, fuel to take on to the interland. What could otherwise also have been done for a liquid evacuation? But what I mean by liquid evacuation is like gas and oil evacuation from somewhere like Dangote is if we are able to successfully link it to the NFPC pipeline. The pipeline transportation. To transport pipeline so that from there, even if you link it to Mosimi in Shagamu, that will help. So people can go to Shagamu to go and be buying Dangote. But you know what has also worsened the uh, transportation in Papa is that that's where you also have all the tank farms. The follow with your the Ifan Ubas of this world, that's where they have their tank farms. So the tank farm is competing with other goods that are coming into the country. So trailers, articulated vehicles wanting to, uh, to, to take for will go in, the those who have containers. My Igbo brothers who have imported containers from uh, China, they also want their goods evacuated. And if you don't evacuate on time, you pay the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And that is also increasing the cost of goods and services. So 
I like this. I mean, I want to uh, commend the management of uh, leadership for even calling attention to this. We, we, we have all manner of transportation experts. And we have Minister of Transportation. Why are they not thinking out of the box? Why are they just... It's like what Obasanjo did when he was in government. Obasanjo went and started building uh, what they call Tama uh, Power Stations um, in Gerebu, in Omotosho, in uh, Alaji, in Alaja, all of them. But there was not, nothing to evacuate. They are just going to produce there. There is no means of evacuation. There is no transition line to, 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 to evacuate it from those production areas. So at the end of the day, you commission something, it's producing, but there is no evacuation. And this is not something you go and put inside a warehouse. And that's why, in spite of the fact that we said we are not having enough uh, megawatts of electricity, the ones that are produced are not even being evacuated. The bulk purchasing uh, company is saying that they are, they are running at a loss because people are not buying. Because if you buy, how do you evacuate? The transmission line is so weak that it cannot... The, I mean, let me give you this analogy. You said you have produced 5,000 megawatts of electricity, but your transmission line can only transport 3,000 megawatts of electricity. So you are losing 2,000 megawatts of electricity that cannot be evacuated, and you are producing on a daily basis. So, but if as you are building those uh, thermal stations, you are also strengthening the transmission lines to be able to evacuate, which is the analogy I'm drawing to issue of uh, intermodal transportation plan for our deep seaport. And let's not let let's I forget that apart from this deep seaport thing. There's also dry dry ports yes. that have been established all over the country. There's one in Ibadan. There's no in Niger. There's no in About six of them that were established. Not one container has entered that, those dry ports. Because the facilities are not even there in the dry ports to be able to even uh, store those. Because there's another intermodal transport plan they, they claim to have. But nothing has been done without beyond clearing the sites no infrastructure in those dry seaports which is which will have helped to evacuate some of the goods so that the people can now come to Ibadan, go to niger to collect their goods rather than go traveling all the way to uh a papa in lagos to to collect their to evacuate their goods uh -huh. so we need we need more strategic planning in governance because i don't really know our leaders and I'm not talking of governor president. Our ministries, departments, and agencies. Why are they, why are we like this? Is this the way it's done? You know. And don't forget, every year they spend so much resources to go on uh, what they call uh, is it learning um, understudy understudy under other get places. The result. <laughs> you now understudy. You go by and do not implement. We need to go and shut the door before that. And that uh, national economic correspondent in Lagos using a analyzer. Yusuf, can you hear me? Oh, Hello, Yusuf. I think we've lost the connection again. We need to go on a short break. When we come back, we'll take the discussion further with the third newspaper on our menu this morning. That is the People's Daily. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. It's still Inside Nigeria on this Thursday morning. 
October 28, 2021. Of course, we're still with our guest, Gideon Ojo, an Abuja-based public affairs analyst and TV host. Well done, Gideon, so far. That's a pleasure. Yeah, I learned our Lagos uh, correspondent, Yusuf is back. He needs to conclude his thoughts before we move on. But Yusuf, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. All right, you yes. must have listened to our guest in the studio. You know, he has done a lot of work for you. <laughs> analyzing your report. Well, I need you to yes. conclude your before yes. we allow you to go and yes. mind the so, Yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the 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 rail the rail the minister of transportation had said it that they don't have the lucky port in the budget for 2021. So that means nothing we shouldn't expect, we shouldn't be hopeful. We shouldn't expect any miracle. Let's just hope, I will, I will study the 2022 budget to know whether the Lekki Deep Sea port or any of, any other Deep Sea port will be, is already imputed in the budget. But for 2021, it is not there. 2022, let us hope. But you know, building railway is not something you can build overnight. It's something that is a process that will be built, you know, in, in years, three, four, five years. And it is also a coastal railway that's going to come there. So I just hope the government will put modalities in place. They will put things in place to look at the impending traffic that they are driving to that side. But I agree is a no-no. But I agree is a no-no because of the road. Lekki has a tiny road. All right, uh, Yusuf. Yusuf. The, in the one month. I, I, mean, I mean one month. They supply that lucky road in one month. They are going to destroy the road. They will destroy the road. So we have to put all these things in place. Intermodalism. Evacuate by rail. Evacuate by badges and by road. And when you are evacuating by road, you have to also, you know, Built the road in a way that is going to withstand the pressure of because a cargo, even a container alone, is very, very heavy. Talkless of every other thing. So no government needs to do something. It is it, it is an impending danger. It is an impending traffic. Or else you see people moving away from Lekki just like they moved away from um, from Papa, you see people moving away. Just like they move away from Papa. So those are the things. Government must act, and the time is now. The time is now. All right. I think any development that will drive people away from their place is not development, because development should be for the people. Many thanks to you, Yusuf Babalola, National Assembly, and economic correspondent. We hope to have you some other time thank you very much thank you thank you all right yes. let's move away from that to politics on our menu uh this morning and of course the next newspaper is the people's deal first time we are here yes oh you know that people's daily is just a beauty and it's not people's daily of china it's the people's daily of nigeria <laughs> well let's see the front page on the people's daily this morning 48 hours to convention anxiety as pdp awaits make or break court verdict today, 48 hours to convention. Anxiety as PDP awaits make or ma make or break 
court verdict today. Don't make party ungovernable. BOT chair begs Uche seconds. Today, I don't know why they are begging seconds because they were there when seconds was unlawfully chased away from party leadership. <laughs> why are they begging him now? Well, <laughs> the, the man is a master politician. He's a grassroots politician. He has a tenure. What is tenure to end? end, 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 end December. And you are still... and, and you are saying <laughs> that he has to go now or never. <laughs> and now they are begging him because they know he has a case. They know if you, if they know if they have a suspicion that he does not have a case, because the man is has gone to court to say, look, I'm the one that should be the overseeing this convention. You said it should not contest. Then you have been disturbed by two months. Where is that door? I mean, let's say I'm not a fan of PDP. I'm not a member of any of the political party, but I'm all for rule of law, due process. This is not good. And you cannot be okay. Just imagine because you don't like President Buhari's face, you now say his tenure should end in January of 2023, and then you start appealing to him, please don't go to court, oh, don't go to court constitutionally because this is all about constitutionalism. It's about constitution. You have a constitution of a party, internal democracy. Let's follow due process. Why, even if you don't like the man's face and you don't want him to recontest. He has every right to recontest. You, what you can do is to converse against his re-election and make sure he's defeated. Not that, you, I mean, I don't know how, I, that is what is what has led to the crisis involving uh, APC2. Issue of lack of due process, lack of constitutionalism. You said consensus. Where there's no consensus, go have election. But their own definition of consensus is uh, whatever the governor says or whoever the party leader if he has agreed to something that that is consensus have been reached not forgetting forgetting that there are also powerful interests within the party whose opinion also should come and at the end of the day you you even when other opposing views are being canvassed you said no uh, uh you, you you majority carries the vote that is not the meaning of consensus if it's all about majority, then go and vote. It's when you vote that you know who is in the majority and who is in the minority. And as it is now, that's why you have crisis in 27 out of 36 states of APC. We do not know how their, how their own uh, crisis will be resolved eventually. But for PDP, they wait with uh, better breath. Whether the, the court will say what you did to secondaries is bad. And in which case, you see, I wish PDP has learned from what they did to uh, former governor of Bonu State, yes, Alimodu Sheriff, when they brought him in for also a four-year tenure, yes. and because they didn't like his face, they asked him to go, and they set up a, you know, in Port Harcourt, they set up a uh, uh, former governor McAfee committee mm -hmm. to superintend, and, yes. uh, and that dragged on for three years, from yes. 2015 down to 2018. That's why I'm not support, so surprised about the poor performance of PDP in the 2019 election. Now, you have barely gotten over that. You have en engulfed yourself in, because, all because of one person. In the, the, the uh, what is it called? Is it National Executive Committee or the next? There, there are over 20 officers there. Just because you don't like the face of one person who is the chairman, you throw him out. That's what has also happened in Edo State. 
with Danobi. You know, a court of competent jurisdiction has said that Danobi was illegally and uh, unconstitutionally removed mm, yes. because he was at a logger with the governor. Well, so well, all well, of well, this well. does not make for consolidation of our democracy. Where due process will not be followed, where you want to just uh, use force, brute force, to railroad yourself into achieving a predetermined notion. What assurances have we that even if they bring in another person, is it in your child you do not want to bring in? If you bring in in your child, you, ah, are you sure that two, three years down the line, you will not also be telling Trump uh, or uh, is it Prof or doctor uh, that look, uh, you led us into a Waterloo in 2023. You also have to make a way for us. Yeah, we don't want to again. You cannot continue like this. This is a breach of due process. It's a breach of constitution. Yeah, let's, but let's, let's, see let's, what let's, say, let's, let's go away from the due process, constitutionalism. And a lot of people say this is about the politics of 2023. Some persons want to take the control of the party in order to position themselves for the contest of 2023. You share in that notion? Of course, I, I do. All of this, whether an APC or PDP, even the crisis that is going on in Apuga, as they call it in Ebola, uh, the crisis of Africa, it's all about 2023. Because when you are fighting leadership about who should be the chairman or whether the tenure of the chairman is still subsisting or has finished, you are you know that this time next year it will be about party nomination. But you see what I find what I find very bitter in all of this that they are supposed to be. The, the PDP is mocking APC for not having a BOT. This BOT in PDP was there when they were well, doing the veto, and they are supposed to be the conscience of the party. So why is Walid now making a plea to Uche Secondus when they were eroding everybody and conducting those congresses, which is, look at your state now, they have two parallel congresses. One belonging to Mulika Takode, uh, uh, the former majority leader in that suffrage. Another belonging to Sheima Kede, the governor. Eh? The idea of all of this crisis is happening. But instead of being the conscience and the custodian of due process, they are part of the OMS. And once the, a couple of governors just have their way, plan their own studies into it, the 2029, uh, 2023, uh elections is already for sale because that's what is happening and you do not get give it to the isb that there are so so many a partisanship or political membership is like what we say one man one vote you cannot say because you are a money bag winifred that you should have five votes while i have one because i do not have the kind of wealth you have but you see all this positioning through these their congresses and conventions is about knowing full well that these are the people that will conduct the party primaries in ahead of 2023 elections. Mm -hmm. So they want their loyalists to be there. So whoever they don't want to give tickets, they will just clean them up. Which is what has happened. The whole crisis that engulfed Afghan ahead of this Anambra governorship election, they don't know where it emanated from. Because you screen out one member of House of Reps who wanted to be governor. You now said he's not qualified. The man said, hey, I'm not qualified. He went to court. He went to court to challenge the leadership of uh, Victor Uye. And then they said they have a parallel leadership. And that dragon, until just 
a couple of weeks back when Supreme Court now said it is Victoria that is the subsisting chairman. But that has affected their campaigns exactly. while all of this was going on. Well, 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 Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome yes. back. It's still inside Nigeria. Straight through the front page of the Nation newspaper, Winifred. What do we have? Yes, governors lobby senators reps against direct families. 
governors lobby senators reps against direct cameras. And on the right side, it says, We have gone far with electoral act amendment, says Senate spokesman. We've gone far with electoral act amendment, says Senate spokesman. In fact, I don't think they have gone far because even though for the anky panky politics they are playing, that bill ought to have been passed by now, Chide. You are mm -hmm. very, very familiar mm -hmm. with this. So telling us that they have gone far, I don't think that is true. Now governors are actually trying to draw them back in order to have a rethink on direct primaries, which represent democracy. Well, uh, you may say so, mm -hmm. but um, there are there are logistical challenges associated with direct primaries. But that's not to make excuse for the why parties that are complaining. Why, 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 no, no, no. The parties are actually complaining. No, the parties are complaining. Uh, but the National Assembly knew why they did what they did. Because they know that with direct within direct primaries, they can buy off the delegates. It's prone to corruption. Yes. Indirect primary is prone to corruption. Uh, they come the delegates in hotels and bust them to venues of uh, primaries to make sure that none of them is bought over. And uh, it's very easy to buy 1,500, 2,000 people than buying up uh, millions of people. Yes. So, Let me cut you short. Recently, a few days ago in a BBC interview, former governor of Kano State, Pankwasu, uh, yes, was talking about this. And he said, well, he support the direct primaries because in an indirect primary where you have the delegate uh, system, the electoral college, that even a delegate belongs to you. The moment he sees dollar notes, he will turn his back against you. Yeah, sure, sure. The direct primary is the it is. And governors have the advantage when it comes to. It's not only uh, governors, uh, even very rich people, uh, senators yeah, and party leaders who are willing to contest. Because you see, while parties can level allegations and make accusations against signing, they themselves cannot conduct a free and fair primary. But my own position is this. When something is not broken, you don't need to fix it. Section 87 of the Electoral Act is okay. It gives option of either direct or indirect okay, primary. So why, why? why do you have to narrow it to direct? Because you may end up cutting your nose in order to spite your face. Now look at it this way. Even with direct primaries, is still prone to corruption because depending on depending on the the constituency you are vying for you can so bribe people the only thing is that you may not bribe them in dollars but even this three three thousand five five thousand you give but people can be coerced of course now threatening to leave to, you, you know even direct primary will not be automatic for all members you have to be a financial member yes. of the party you possibly may also have met some terms and conditions. Maybe you must have stayed six months or one year within the party for you to be eligible. Attendance of party activities and all of that. So even that can be used to spin out a lot of people. But the most important thing is, this is supposed to help to build internal party democracy. But the reason why governors are lobbying is because of their own self-interest. Many of them either one second time and they know that if they go through direct primaries they may not get look at what happened in lagos now even with direct primary against somebody okay. when they when the when the odds were against somebody they 
the the delegate from Lagos, the, the, from Abuja, who went to conduct the, the, the primary in Lagos, I've already finished their work. Abuja is still kicking <laughs> against it. Why it was screened up? So even this primary is even one leg of the problem. The first leg is that screening committee. Because the, the party will set up screening committee. Who would be in that screening committee? <laughs> they are usually the loyalists of the governor. Or the, so what they will just do is, even without any good justification, they will screen that maybe I should you now, he wants to go for our Senate and they don't want him. They will just scream it up. And then they will say go to go on appeal to party. Even at the appeal committee is also the loyalists that you meet there. They will uphold your screen uh, being screened up, which is what happened in the case of Obaseki. You understand? Yes. He went to appeal committee, they opened the they said they, you don't have certificate. This is somebody who is a sitting governor no. that <laughs> yes, has on the same platform. They said so they by the time there. by the time he went to court. They have already concluded the primary. So they know what they are doing when they orchestrate this whole problem with the screaming out of online of candidates that they don't want to even. And these people, you won't mind collecting their millions. Did you know that this uh Anambra election, Atlanta in PDP or APC, is 25 million to buy nomination for uh. So when you pay 25 million in today's Nigeria, even in spite of weakness of Naira, just imagine that kind of enormous resource. That can build you a very decent bungalow in a very uh, in a very good location, even as we speak of uh, cost of uh, uh, property. So somebody will not pay that, and then you not scream him out, and the money you pay is not refundable. It's not refundable. You you are beating a child. You are saying you should not cry. So when they now take the party to court, you say anti-party, you are suspended or you have, they have uh, so all these shenanigans that play out in our, our political parties, and it's not as if they don't know it's wrong. I know there is a PPLPDC uh, in Nips Kuru, and um, in one of their resource persons that have been building capacity of these political uh, political gatekeepers, political executives. But even when you train them. They already knew what they intended to do. There is also this in the uh, International Republican Institute, which is also building capacity of political parties. There are other, you know, non-state actors that have been responsible for capacity building for political parties, including NILS here in Abuja, National Institute for Legislative and Democratic Studies. So they, they have all this requisite skill, but they apply it wrongly because he who pays the paper dictates the two. That's why you see these congresses being very emotive. Because it's the loyalists that they are already planting there. So who will do the actual job when the time comes for party primaries? And where it starts from is when you screen out eligible candidates after they have paid for the form. Or you now say you want to go consensus as they are between now. Somebody who collected money from them by the form, you now say you want to do consensus. By the time they come up with the list, you are not even aware. It just comes out of the governor's office, and then they say this is the new executive. We have arrived at it by consensus, which is which is which is not right. So these are the things we need to fix uh, in our 22 years of democracy. That due process should be followed in all that we do. When you set up electoral guidelines, let's reason be made clear why you are disqualifying somebody 
and it should not be flimsy. You know, like with uh, the electoral two thousand and six, which shot PDP in the foot when uh, Ojoma Dreke was the secretary of the party. Section thirty four of that electoral two thousand and six said, for you to disqualify a member, a a a a, a, a somebody who has been nominated in a primary, you must offer cogent and verifiable reason. When they disqualified Chibika Amechi in 2006, they didn't offer any reason. Obasanjo said this nomination got K leg. What is K leg? What is K leg? You now go and bring somebody who did not even contest in the primary in Celestine Obaya and made him the governor. You understand? This is the shenanigans that have been haunting our party politics over the last decade. And this is what we need to do away with as we do this Congress and convention and as we go into the primaries uh, in 2022. I think the political parties in Nigeria have not a long way to go to learn, honestly, to look like what we always uh, allude to, the American uh, model of democracy. Because the political parties in America are not doing the way our own political parties here are doing. Many thanks to UGD Ruju for this wonderful analysis on this Thursday morning. We hope to see you next week, Wednesday. For another edition of and of course, uh, Winifred, it's time to go. It's time to go. Don't forget to bring down, uh, start placing other now for your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes, sir. Make a day with us tomorrow, Friday, October 29th, my birthday, to for another edition of Inside Nigeria. That might be a party on the show. From here, my name is Body Body Bye for now. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.